Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something I talked on on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. And there it is! Sutton United have the GM Vauxhall Conference and put down first division Coventry City, winners of the FA Cup themselves less than two years ago. And what a moment to enjoy for the fans of this Surrey side. They've had their moments before, but never won like this. But the whistle goes down. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. It's the Sutton Podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and it's in association with Lucky Star Gym, as always. Today, we have Sophie and Zoe from the women's team. We're going to be finding out all about them and looking forward to the FA Cup match on Sunday evening under the lights at Gander Green Lane. I, I can't tell you how excited I am to be watching you guys under the lights. I, I know it's only small things, but I love it. As always, everyone, engagement is important. Please join in the discussions, uh, say hello, share, tweet, um, all the rest of it. I don't know what it's even called on TikTok, but whatever it is, do that. We'll start with you, Sophie. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say disappointed, but it's just you on camera. What is the little sidekick today? <laughs> it's bedtime, thank God, so she's asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, I absolutely loved that. And it, it was like, I was looking going, I see people do this all the time, like and we've won championships or whatever. The kids will come on. I'm like, I'm a big fan of this. This should happen on all interviews. It's just absolutely. Uh, but um, how are you and how are you enjoying your time at something so far this season? Pretty good, thanks. Thanks for having us on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's been really nice. I joined, this is probably my, well, this is my first proper full season. I joined sort of this time last year. So it's really nice to start. Uh, a full season with the girls with the team 
yeah, I think it's going well. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, that wasn't leading into anything, don't worry. <laughs> and Zoe, how are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Now, the voice has changed because I am leading into something. Two years I've sat on this. Two years I've had this story ready to, to talk about. Ken Bates. Don't pull that face. Your dad told me about <laughs> Ken Bates when you were as a baby. Pen oh yes yeah no that's yeah. right yeah it was so long ago I just had to recall the memory there um yeah so as big as a Chelsea fan I am um I was sick on Ken Bates as a baby that's that's right <laughs> my dad telling me all the stories <laughs> yeah, yeah I think I think it was like the third thing he said to me doing really well thank you been enjoying this season that's starting like so sad um enjoying training and and playing games um I was a bit injured at the start of the season, but really happy to be uh, playing in the recent few weeks. So that's been really nice. Cool. Excellent. So, Sophie, we'll, we'll start with you a little bit of backstory. Can you tell us a little bit about your sort of journey at football so far? Uh, is there any particular person that sort of inspired you to play football? Because you guys are, I can't say the first wave, but the first sort of group where football was perfectly normal. Because when I was growing up, a girl playing football was not normal um so you guys are the first kind of group that um it's not you, you, well who did you look to, to to as your football um heroes it's quite a tough one. i mean i can't say there's a specific player which i know is always a bit anticlimactic because i know a lot of people have like a hero when they when they think of players um but i suppose i started playing in year seven so at secondary school which for a lot of people now is actually quite late a lot of girls are starting much much earlier um, but I know our teachers at the lot of time after school running training sessions and things like that, which I know a lot of schools in our area didn't have at the time. Um, so it was really well run after school football sessions, which I think just, I suppose, paved the way. And for us, that was quite normal. I suppose we didn't experience any different. So we were quite lucky looking back for what the people, I suppose, didn't have. So I guess it's thankful for them to have taken their time. For that i suppose but in terms of an inspiration i mean there was a girl our school who played for chelsea at the time which like i mean is obviously a chelsea fan as well but at the time you're like oh my god that's insane and she'd always play on the boys teams and just just go around everyone and you'd always look up to that and think oh it's someone that you know and that's mm -hmm. possible so i suppose in that sense probably something like that where did you kind of start what's the journey been to you to come join Sutton united so when I was again in year seven, I joined a grassroots team. It was when teams started from maybe seven or nine aside and they went up to 11 aside. So obviously local teams were looking for players. So that's when I first started at a team. And then I actually joined Maidenhead when I was about 19 or 20. So about five seasons ago now, which will be interesting on Sunday. <laughs> then for about three seasons, I went to Fulham for, I think it was three seasons as well. And then here I am at Sutton. So I feel like quite a short playing history compared <laughs> to some people. Not many teams. Yeah. But... yeah. Oh, Zoe, yourself, who were you kind of looking at growing up and how, how, how is your journey to Sutton? Again, a bit like Soph said, a bit difficult. I didn't really have a, a female hero growing up. I think it was probably as we were getting older that the uh, women's game was kind of just growing and getting a bit bigger. So I was more into like the men's football when I was younger just because that's what you were more exposed to um whereas nowadays it's amazing you know so much um exposure for women's football with the Euros and the World Cup that there's you know female players the household names now which is amazing uh, growing up I more kind of admired um 
Petr Cech as a goalkeeper. I just thought he was amazing, wonderful, especially being a Chelsea player. So I always <laughs> watching him. Um, but um, yeah, I, I've always loved playing since I was a kid, um, but it was more kind of at the park and local kind of half-term summer camps. There wasn't really anything just for girls that um, I could really go to until I was about maybe 11 or 12. So in year seven, a bit like Sophie said nowadays, that's quite late, but um, there wasn't really anything around for me before that. It was just kind of casual playing in the park and things like that with with boys normally and maybe the odd girl who was involved as well. Um, so that's where I got into it. And then again, a bit like Sophie said, in my uh, high school, there was a girls team and that's uh, we got to a Surrey Cup final and won mm. that. Um, and that's when someone first saw me and said, oh, you know, come down and have a try at our club. Um, so I played, I've only played for two clubs, actually. I played for Carl Shorten from when I was uh, 15 up until I was about 21. And then I joined Sutton six years ago. So, um, yeah, those are my two teams. But, um, yeah, I've really enjoyed my time at Sutton over the last six years. <laughs> you said you played Carl Shorten and Sophie's left. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be back. Um, you, you mentioned obviously the the youngins now having kind of different, um, different experience to you. They get to see you guys, and um, I'll forever blame slash be grateful to Jazz for um, giving that little wave to Rosie when she was going to take a corner, and um, that kind of hooked Rosie in on 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 football and something United in particular. Um, but how? Um, how sort of aware are you when when you're seeing all the little kids there? Because it is obviously I, I I go to the men's games and it's a totally different experience. You guys are really engaged with, with the, the young ones there as well. How sort of important is that to you? That's I think really important to me because as I said, it's it's really important to give children exposure to female football and that, that girls can do it too and have someone for them to look up to. Um and I love that the children are so invested and involved and that really makes their day when you know you walk them out on the pitch and they get really excited and um working in a school as well as a teacher, um the kids get really excited that I play football as well and um, sometimes they come down and watch the games which I think is great and I love it when I come see them support or if they ask me about the games um, and it's just to kind of normalise it that oh you know you know women and girls are play football um, as much as anyone else um, and also have pe have you know fans growing up enjoying it from when you're younger you know to watch um, female games so i just think that's really important you know getting the children excited and um happy to watch come and watch the games and just by giving them a wave or walking them out on the pitch or talking to them afterwards we really enjoy it i know going having a chat with them so we have some regulars that come and join us now so um yeah it's really nice and it's really lovely for us knowing that the children are really enjoying coming to our games as well yeah um so if you dipped in and out it's, it's you feel about the kids at football and rosie um has got completely other way because i'll say oh, do you want to go to football and she'll ask who's playing is it the boys or the girls and if i say it's the boys you know <laughs> oh okay um, this is sexism the other way i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sure this is not allowed uh, but she she also she seems to think that every time she goes she gets to lead you guys out it's fuming because not once away have they led anyone out again to green lanes uh, but how kind of aware are you Sophie of, of the little ones there and, and um, interacting with, with, with the kids at football as well? I mean when we see that the younger teams who help us out I think it was the FA Cup game we had 
ball girls were on the outside. And I know if it was me at that age when I went to watch any sort of women's game or senior teams play, and you just sort of look up to them and you think, oh, wow, that's obviously when I was younger, that's what I wanted to do. And now I'm the one doing it. And you see those younger players around and you can sort of see that excitement on their face. And it's really nice for us, I think, because for us playing, you have to bring it down. But obviously it's tier five, but it's a really good standard. But obviously about professional footballers, but for them to see it, that's what they can be next. So for them to look up to us, it's a really nice feeling. And um, again, yeah, you see them after games, chat with them. And I know for me, if someone did that, it would go a really long way. So it's really nice to interact with them and thank them for being there. And yeah, hopefully it keeps them engaged and wanting to come back. Yep, absolutely. So on to the, the team. There was quite a turnover this summer of players. Um, loads of people I knew left. And then all of a sudden there's complete strangers running around. I'm like, oh. Um, how how quickly have we managed to, because again, you, know, you said part-time, you've all got jobs and do other things. Um, so how quickly was it able to get a good team spirit and camaraderie within the team? And if there's any behind the scenes stories you want to tell, don't name names is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Zoe, we'll start with you. Um, yeah, I think we've just tried to be as welcoming as possible the new players coming in um, and get that team spirit going as quickly as possible. And we had quite a lot of pre-season games to try and um, get that team, kind of the new team, moulded together because as you said, it was a big turnover and we, um, we lost a lot of good players as well and we've tried to bring in some, some good players and we've brought in some really good quality players, I think, that have really... Um, mesh well with the team and personally um and socially and also you know in 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 playing as well which has been fantastic um and over the pre-season and the and the start of the season we've got to know each other more and more and we're still kind of getting used to each other the way we play and and um just that link up on the pitch but i think i can see it getting better and better each week um and you know we're still dealing with things like injuries and and how how we cope with that but um i think all the new additions to the team have been really positive um and everyone's getting along really well with each other i hope sophie agrees <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say sophie you're a relative new player so uh how does that seem yeah go on say they're horrible go on. yeah no i agree with what zoe said i think the things like yeah. what could if I said no? <laughs> um, no, I think it's something you can continually build on. Is that you know camaraderie and togetherness? And I think for me, I've been part of teams where that togetherness alone is enough to see a game through. So for me, it's about that experience, and I you know I want that for everyone because it's a really nice feeling. Small things you just to get to know each other throughout the season, and I suppose haven't done any initiation I don't think that's anything we want to bring up but you know just a little icebreakers we can do every now and then to help everyone bond together and that will show on the pitch as well and getting to know each other on that level yeah it's something we keep trying to build on and hopefully it shows in the football as well we, we could start off a thing saying that all new players have to come on the podcast that could be their initiation <laughs> or make them sing or something as well oh no everyone everyone's done it <laughs> So again, with training, obviously, um, fitting in around your working life, I know, sorry, you sort of skipped training this evening. Um, how, how kind of, um, what do you concentrate on? So um, big game this weekend, obviously, under the lights at the Green Lane. I'm, I'm not going to pretend not to excited. But um, how, what do we kind of concentrate on in training in leading up, up to the games? How often do we train? Is it twice a week or once a week? 
Well, we have three training sessions a week. Um, so we train three times a week. I go to a separate one uh, just for goalkeepers, um, separate to the team as well. And we uh, concentrate on, on our first session of the week. We norm we sometimes do a little bit of statistic work and a bit of match analysis um, from the previous game and look at you know what went well, what can we do better as a team. Um, and we've just started... Um, kind of doing a little bit more match analysis in that session, which I think is going to be really helpful moving forward um, for us as a team to, to look at our match uh, highlights and um, certain areas of the game where maybe we could do better and, and, you know, look at how we can build on that into the next game. Um, so I think that's really useful. And we then on a Thursday try and work a little bit more on match realistic situations and drills that um, involve kind of sets of players that work together that we can build on and use on a Sunday in a game and midway through the week we also do more of a fitness strength and conditioning based um, training session so it's a little bit of a mixture of everything match realistic drills also and as well as uh, kind of working on our fitness too throughout the week uh, so a good mixture of everything building up to a Sunday. Right, so that's free possibly four nights a week and Sundays. Yeah. Uh, it's plays havoc with social life, surely, Sophie. My mum said, what social life? <laughs> <laughs> you set me Fair up enough. for that one, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think about it. <laughs> I genuinely didn't realise it. I you did training, but I genuinely didn't realise it was that that sort of much and that intense. I, you, you did say you were playing at the fifth tier, so obviously it is. But um, is that the same at the other clubs? The one other club you guys have been at, uh, the same everywhere? or? Are we doing it a bit different? Well, other clubs I've been at, it's normally twice a week, I think is the mm. norm. Um, again, it depends on, I think, availability of training pitches and things like that. But usually it's twice. Obviously, we have the third session as well for that additional strength and conditioning, which is beneficial as well. It's all there just to help us, which is great. And I think as well, the I suppose coaches and managers giving up their time to run those sessions. It's a big commitment for everyone, players and, and staff. So yeah, really grateful that we've got those opportunities to do it as well. So, and as you mentioned, the standard it, it it does seem a really really sort of funny division where the games can be either six nil wins, six nil losses, just so kind of the divide between the teams and the standards between the um, it seems this division is kind of um, worse, I suppose, is 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 more difficult to judge on it. Are you guys aware of how teams are going to be, or are they all? changing over um, players quite frequently so it's difficult to know who, who you're going to be playing against. Zoe we'll start with you. Um, yeah I think it's difficult from season sometimes teams can change so much over a season um, like even just our team for example there's so many different players than there was to last season so it's hard to judge sometimes on the first game um, but then obviously we, we play everyone twice so hopefully by the second time we play them we've got a better idea of how to prepare against them and how to set ourselves up um, so we, you know we always kind of have a rough idea and uh, previous results to, to see how that team are getting on but we've it's important to always go into every game with the, the same mindset of just to, to do our best um, regardless of how where they are in the league or, or which players they have um, obviously it's important to look at certain teams and prepare in a certain way if there's a way we can help ourselves for a Sunday but we've always got to go in with that mindset of 
we've got to do what we've been working on um, and do our best in that game, um, regardless of what team it is. Sophie, so how easy is it to get get over? I mean, Matt from the men's first team says we never get too high, never get too low. Um, but some of the results, as I said, can swing quite wildly. How easy is it to kind of just put the last one behind you and concentrate on the next one? Well, I mean, it depends on the result. If it's been a win, it's always quite nice to dwell on it. <laughs> but it's very easy, I suppose, to put the not-so-good results behind you and you just want to move on quite quickly and prove a point in the next game and have a positive reaction to it. Because, you know, like you say, the standard is so so vast in our league, which I suppose adds to the excitement of it. You know, it can be quite unpredictable sometimes and quite high-scoring games, which is nice for the fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like Zoe said, you do what you can in the game and try and focus on us as a team. And, you know, you can never judge it on the first few weeks of the season. You know, some teams, are, I think one team in our league is unbeaten so far. But then after Christmas, I mean, can you maintain that? So I suppose it's it's hard for everyone to, to keep going. It's a long season. You, you mentioned the goals, and I specifically want to ask Zoe this one, because... It's coming up to the end in the World Cup. Was it your World Cup or Euros? I can't remember. There was a lot of conversation about the standard of women goalkeepers and um, wasn't positive conversation. And it was just one random guy on Twitter was like, yeah, women are on average about half a foot shorter than men. So the goals are the same size. That's why you sit there looking, thinking, you know, um, would you say that it would add to the excitement of the men's football if we could raise their crossbar by six, seven inches just to get that extra little bit there? Um, is it something you, you've been aware of that you kind of think this isn't quite the level playing field that we all think it is? It's the same football pitch, but it's not the level playing field. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've seen a lot of conversation online about that um, because... Yeah, women are playing on the same pitch as men and obviously there's a biological general difference in sizes and heights of female players to male players. Um, So sometimes, you know, in women's football, you're seeing these worldy goals, um, you know, sometimes watching, you think, oh, well, you know, um, a male goalkeeper would have got that, but actually the, the, the height that females can reach is not going to be as high as males usually you know you still see female goalkeepers at top level reaching those corners and saving goals from up high as well which is amazing they still make worldy saves um however there is a difference so it's a really difficult one because as much as you know you're looking for 
equality and well, yeah, well females can do the same as males and we can still play 90 plus minutes on game days there is that also argument of though there's equality you know is there equity is there fairness with the with the goal sizes and things like that so it is a difficult one and it's interesting discourse that goes on online and, and things like that sometimes on the telly as well but yeah there is a difference where you're seeing you know sometimes you see a lot of I see a lot of kind of uh slander on twitter oh you know that goalkeeper could have reached out you know in the, in the women's game but actually um if you're use, you taking size and height into consideration you know that goalkeeper's probably done the best she can to to reach where she did um and can't get too much further so it's a difficult one the reason i said not lower the goal put the crossbar for you Mm. but raise it is because i was scared jazz might shout at me because that's where she puts the ball that little tiny little bit uh, so it's like no raise it for the guys we'll get more, more goals in men's football as well that'll be fun um but one of the arguments i have is um because women's football was was banned for so long and sophie's got it it was banned for so long there is a disparity in skill because mm. boys have been playing football as standard for for so long and um we're only now kind of getting to the level and one of my things was okay let's watch some goalkeeping clips from the 1950s and then compare the two 70 year old things and see how much mistakes was in there and what was going on so um, there are people getting getting the other side of the argument and getting very cross as well yeah um right i was gonna ask sophie first to, about the previous match it was a tough game yes um they were a very tough side a lot tougher than perhaps we maybe thought yeah um i will get you to talk us through the penalty shootout oh sophie's back what we'll do is we'll ask sophie first of all about her goal gonna go isn't she go oh, that, that question <laughs> that's a shame because i know she is yeah. about her um, goal <laughs> we'll get her back in a sec so the penalty shootout um yeah. you legal heroics so in. <laughs> Don't know what you mean. <laughs> and was getting very upset. Not please everybody, unfortunately. No, no, I, I, as I said, you were just being kind and giving the ball back to them. It's just kindness. Yeah. Um, but how much do you practice penalties, and uh, do how how difficult is it to kind of replicate uh, in something that penalties you there, or is it no pressure on the keeper at all? We don't practice too often, to be fair. If I think if we have a cup game, we'll do um, a little shootout practice on a Thursday, maybe just before. Um, and before a game, normally the penalty taker signed for that game will take a couple before the game. Uh, it's, I don't think it's a regular practice of ours. Um, but um, yeah, I just, uh, it, they always say no pressure on the keeper, you know, don't worry, Zoe, just do best. But there's always that bit of pressure. But um, I've always quite enjoyed penalty shootouts. Um, I've just had a bit of success in the past. And I think that just keeps me going in my head. You know, I've got this, I've got this. And uh, yeah, I quite enjoy the drama and the pressure of it for some reason. <laughs> um, it's normally kind of worked out quite well. So it's obviously really nice to to do that for the team and and to um, to save one um, to help us to get through. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a great feeling, um, especially because uh, having a few fans in that game as well that was really nice so it was a really good really good experience were you aware of the conversation going on behind you no i could hear whooping no. and cheering i was just kind of uh, blocking it all out i was just listening to the yeah. rest thing i'm going card you if you carry on oh, okay okay yeah. i was just yeah concentrating on the player i've got to give 
give them the eye contact and uh, try and put them off as much as possible, unfortunately. Yeah. As I say, one of their chaps was getting very, very upset and uh, I, I, I was winding it up a little bit more and more each time he did the ball back. He, well, he was basically saying, you were not allowed to touch the ball. the whole time, so uh, yeah, had to do a bit of one. <laughs> Rosie enjoyed that and I went, yeah, well, enjoy it because I ain't getting one. Um, <laughs> so... Well, if Sophie does come back, we will ask her all about her, her amazing goal. If no one's mm. seen it, you should definitely look it up because she meant it 100%. I, as I mentioned, the FA Cup match is this Saturday, it's Sunday even, at 6.30 kickoff. So anyone turn up early, you can see the Palace game, but um, our game is on afterwards. Uh, it is rare for you guys to be playing under the lights uh, uh, on an evening match. Um, are you looking forward to it? Is it going to make any difference to you or are you just not, not bothered about it? Um, yeah, I think it will be different. Um, we're so used to a midday kickoff. Um, yeah, I'm quite, quite excited for it. That's in in the darkness and the light. I think I prefer playing in the evening, so I'm quite looking forward to it. And something a bit different makes the night a bit special as well. Uh, also gives people a chance to maybe do something earlier on their Sundays. As you said, um, we do it four days a week, sometimes five. So it's a lot of football in the week uh, with little time off. So it's nice maybe to do something in the Sunday daytime and then have our uh, big match look forward to in the evening. So I'm really looking forward to it. She's back. She's going she's gonna to talk us through the goal. Come on, Sophie. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll go in the, in the last round. Sorry, there's always one with dodgy in there, isn't there? Oh, she's gone again. She definitely does not want to talk about this goal, does she? <laughs> Honestly, I know that she is so she was so excited about that goal. I really wanted to talk us through it. And I've definitely had her talk us through it. So do you we we spoke about the little ones in the crowd, but do do you kind of notice how big the crowd is? It's difficult, and I know uh, Ryan especially is trying to sort of chaperone people in, into one block so we can all make a lot of noise and then you've got annoying people like me going and i've stood over here for 35 years this is where i watch football from I, i'm not watching it from anywhere else how much difference does it actually make if, if there's a lot of people there is it better to spread out or is it better that you're all in one place from your point of view as a player oh that's a good question um I think it is really nice when everyone's sat together because you do get that bit more of a raw and that excitement coming from the crowd and that, that bit more of togetherness. Um, like obviously, one has where they like to stand, so I totally get that. I know when my dad comes to watch, he has a certain place he likes to stand. So I was very surprised when I saw him in the uh, in the uh, seating last week. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's really. I think we definitely notice when there's more of a crowd um, backing us, especially when teams bring their own fans as well. So the team we played last week, they had um, quite a following and they were quite vocal in the game. So it's definitely, definitely noticeable, and um, I think really helps cheer us on when we hear our fans um, cheering us on. And I get a little shout from the crowd or whatever it is. It's really nice and definitely encourages us a little bit more to up our game or you know get that next goal so yeah I think it's it was really nice to have lots of people squish into one place because that I think once one person starts shouting it gets everyone going encourages everyone to yeah. kind of give a little cheer to to get us going so definitely noticeable so the more support we can get the the better so yeah it'll be great to have lots of people come on down to our to our next few games at home because we've got a few games at home coming up so the support would be yes great. yes we'll come back to that in a second Sophie go on try again we, oh, we picked this goal up. So talk us through your uh, amazing goal uh, in the last round. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah obviously I didn't mean it I can't lie but I just thought you know just hit it in an area and I thought oh someone follow that in and I thought oh my god oh my god <laughs> and it went in <laughs> not supposed to say you didn't mean it it's always you meant it <laughs> just start that bit again <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely played for it perfect it's <laughs> exactly what I envisaged um so I was just asking uh, so you might have missed part of it and um taken away from Zoe's answer um we've got a Obviously, different people come to support. I've got a few people from the men's side coming, and then you've got old gits like me who like to stand in the same spot all the time, whatever football I'm playing, whether it's academy football, under 10s, I'm standing in my little spot on the curve. Um, but do you guys notice the crowd so much? Or does it? I know Ryan tried a couple of times to sort of corral everyone into, into the main stand area to try and keep everyone together to make a bit more noise. Um, did you have a preference or not fussed? Or does it not really notice for you? Um, no, you, de you definitely notice the crowd noise. I think you, I always am more conscious of it when it's from like the opposition. I remember the Benfica game, they had a lot of noisy fans, which was great for them, but I feel like you tune into it a bit more. When it's obviously support for you, I feel like it just sort of blends in and it's positive noise that you kind of almost don't really, you hear it, but mm. you don't always take note of it. You always see a bit that you don't want to hear sometimes, but... Um, but no, the more the merrier. We love love people to come down and support, and um, yeah, we like hopefully putting on some good games for for those that come down. This is one of the things I say to Rosie. You can just come to football. You can shout and scream so you like. No, no one's going to tell you off for shouting. <laughs> just go for it. And um, so, I mean, you kind of both hinted at it. And the next question down is, what can we say to people to get them down to to watch you guys? Because I know for a fact if people start coming down a couple of games, two, three, four games, they're going to be then hooked in. Um, I know we've got a lot of home games because I bought the season ticket and then I think I've actually paid more in cup tickets than I've had for my season ticket to be able to use. I'm like, hang on, why am I paying now for a season ticket? But what can we do to encourage people? What would you say? Uh, so we'll start with you because you've got the, the weaker connection, you might disappear. What could you say to people that come down and watch it while they're coming to watch us? I just think it's a nice day out for people. If you like like to watch a bit of football, it's a nice atmosphere, a nice stadium when we play it down to Green Lane and uh, hopefully you get a good game of football to watch with it. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a lovely day out. <laughs> Zoe, what would you say? I think, like I said, definitely cheaper to get, get you know, coming to watch us than, uh, than uh, maybe one of the Premier League teams. And it is a fun day out. You know, we've got, got the bar going, a bit of food often. Um, and as as you said earlier, you can just shout and scream all you like. Hopefully positive things, though, please. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it is good fun. And, you know, I think it's just, you know, people might not think too much of it. But then when you get down to the game, you end up really enjoying it. And there's, as you said, there's lots of goals often in the games, um, hopefully more for us, um, or they're really tight games and it's actually really tense um, and enjoyable. And a lot of people who, you know, come to the first game said, oh, actually, I really enjoyed that. I wasn't expecting it to be like that. Um, it was really good quality and, you know, really fun. So, um, yeah, I think you've just got to get down to one and then... Um, yeah, hopefully you'll be a you'll be a regular at Sutton United Women's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you hinted at one of the things, the, the selling points I've been going on about. Um, you, you, you get, because of the level, you can go into the bar, get your drink and come out and watch football with a pint in your hand, which you can't do at the men's side. 
And anyone who's a Sutton United supporter who hasn't been down, you can always come in, just do the whole loop usually as well, unless Ryan's blocking everything off to try and make us all stay in one spot. But you can normally have a little wander around and see like the way in that you don't normally get a chance to see. Um, and as I might have mentioned, it's under the lights on Sunday. <laughs> there was another set of questions I wanted to ask. And then earlier on, literally on the bus coming back from the, the development uh, girl, I just started thinking this is actually ridiculous because, um, so I'm going to ask kind of the question, but we've had a little bit of discussion here and yet every, almost every conversation I ever hear with women players, it's always you're asked about and you get to speak about the game in general. Um, that never happens with men players. <laughs> it's just, how was the day? Oh, it was good, yeah, lovely, thanks a lot. Um, why does it, do you think that some people are invested and in, in, in yourselves as well of how to grow the game and, and, and push it forward? So if we'll start with you, why do you think we, as people interviewing you, always like to bring up and say, well, how can we improve the game? How can we get more people in? What is it that gives us the right to ask about the game in general? I think it's from the turning point for me was, was at the Euros, I think, when just the exposure was, I think, beyond what anyone would have anticipated. And I think from that was that was a turning point where suddenly a lot of people were engaged in the game. And it thought actually how much it has come on with the people that are out watching it. And there's probably a lot more support than people thought there would be. And I think from that, like you say, now you ask those questions of, okay, actually we've ex accelerated at a pace we probably didn't think we would. So how can we do more? How can we progress? And it's always that, what can we do to grow it even further? Because there's still things that can be done. And it's always that comparison to the men's game and how can we get it to that level? So I think it's a really, a really nice thing that people ask that actually, because it's, a talking point and it's you know people aren't accepting that oh it's a really good level now and it's so much better than it was you know five years ago but that's not enough and we still want to push and improve and get more people at games and more exposure and so i think it's nice that people ask that for us oh, okay <laughs> so what do you think um yeah i think as i said the euros have been really important in that um but also um just grassroots football for, for girls growing um, and becoming more and more uh, normalised, which I think it is now. And as, as we said, you know, when we were younger, uh, there wasn't as much um, kind of grassroots opportunities. But now there are, and there's such a big push in schools um, and there's so many girls coming through who just want to play um, and raising the profile of the game for, for everybody. Oh in schools um it's really important and grassroots level clubs so that um you know everyone can be more exposed and interested in women's football so as i've said it's really nice that we do get asked that because um yeah it just shows that it's growing um and um you know looking at ways that we can help it to can continue to grow and you know sometimes that comes from us players you know, interacting with the children at games and 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 making sure they're enjoying the, the time but then that also comes down to um you know the fa and how you know, they're helping to support football at all levels to help grow that game from from the lowest levels to when they're younger all the way up to you know the wsl so uh, yes it's really good that we're looking forward to the future um and how we can get people excited Excellent, because I, I did feel like I was like I'm, I'm, I'm making you guys spokespersons for the, the entire women's game. <laughs> like, I never asked for this, um, so I'm really pleased. <laughs> um, 
Um, one thing I've often thought is, we'll talk about um, your club, um, Chelsea and big clubs like that, purely from a mercenary point of view, they put aside everything else. The men's game can't continue to grow as much as it is. You can't get much more money out of people. And kids don't really care who's playing in the shirt. They're wearing the same shirt as those players on the pitch. And that's why I'm, I'm, I think big clubs will be the ones driving it because they'll be saying, well, actually, the more people we can get in supporting the women's game, which will then filter down to our level as well. And that's just purely mercenary and making money out of it, um, which would hopefully filter down. Last thing, what, what's the result on Saturday going to be? You're not allowed to bet on the game, I guess, um, and no one's going to put any. No one's going to put any money on it, so don't worry. <laughs> how, how confident are we? I think, I think we have to go in with, with confidence. You have to, you know, otherwise there's no point in turning up if you don't have that belief you can get something from a game. So you have to go in with the belief. Yes, there are a tier above us, and obviously I've played played with a few of those players before anyway. And actually, this is the third time we've played them in an FA Cup game. For me, anyway, yeah. How did the others do? We've lost one and won one. Oh, okay. So, right. so um, yeah, I think you've got to go in with the belief and desire to win. It's going to be a tough game. That willingness to work hard, and I believe we can get something from it. Hopefully, the win. <laughs> so, are you ready for penalties, or is it not going to need that? Always ready for penalties. However, <laughs> I believe we're not going to get to that this time. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, as so said, you know, it's the FA Cup. Anything can happen. And, um, you know, it's as if we come together as a team and believe, you know, we can get a result out of this. Where There's been games this season where we fought right till the end and got a last minute goal or goal and, you know, a very late goal um, because of the togetherness of the squad and, and the fight that we show. So um, it will be a very tough game. Absolutely. But um, I think, you know, anything's possible. And if, you know, we work at our hardest, there's, you know, I don't have a doubt that we can <clears throat> come out with this game with a result so hopefully we get a bit of support down to back us as well we get that team going hopefully we can get something out of this game and get on to the next round excellent well thank you both we're going to wrap up this episode i always appreciate people listening i appreciate your ear attention either of you can roll your eyes at that because that's other people's responsibility uh, follow like share um, on all these socials that's Sutton podcast well, i say all the socials but it's on be real or whatever the hell that is uh, don't forget to subscribe like and all the rest of it next time we are hopefully i'm going to get some victims to actually do a podcast from your game so um, we'll kind of fit it in before or after hopefully i'm finding some people who, who will be willing to do it of an experiment uh, if not we'll definitely be back next week Thank you to Lucky Star Gin and thank you to Zoe. Thank you for Sophie and Sophie, very thank you for keep trying and persevering with the, the connections logging in and off. I would have given up a long time ago, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, take care and we'll catch up soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.